An important Buffalo Bills position coach retired, and it's time to put the Bills linebackers under the microscope in the performance review series today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And of course, welcome to our YouTube audience. It's been a fun start over on YouTube. And if you haven't checked us out, head on over, search Locked On Bills on YouTube. You'll find the last few episodes and every episode moving forward. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And even hit the bell so you get notifications every time a new video drops. Today on the podcast, we've got to talk about a Bills assistant coach that retired, his replacement, and talk about these Buffalo Bills linebackers. Should be a good discussion. Let's get into it. Well, let's start with the coach that retired. And fittingly enough, it's the position coach for the linebackers, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But Bob Babich, the Bills linebackers coach is retiring according to Aaron Wilson. And he's been the Bills linebackers coach for the last five years. And he's regarded as one of the best linebackers coaches in the NFL. And his replacement is expected to be his son, Bobby Babich, who has been the Bills safeties coach since 2017. And Bobby played a big role in getting Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde to town. And obviously, he's done a phenomenal job coaching those two players. And I'm quite interested in seeing how Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano evolve under his coaching. Now, I'm also interested in seeing how the Bills replace Bobby Babich as the safeties coach if they do anything at all. And when you look at the structure of the Bills' coaching staff as it relates to the secondary, I find it pretty fascinating because the way things were before Bob Babich retired and you know Bobby moves from safeties coach to linebackers coach is you had John Butler as the secondary coach. You had Jim Salgado as the nickel coach. And to my knowledge, he remains the only nickel coach in the NFL. And then Bobby Babich was the safeties coach. So they had a nickel coach, a safeties coach, and a secondary coach not necessarily a cornerback's coach. So will they hire someone to be the safeties coach? Is Leonard Johnson, who is a defensive assistant right now, is he ready to be a position coach? So I'll be pretty curious to see how Sean McDermott chooses to fill this vacancy if he does anything at all. All right, let's talk about these Bills linebackers. Put them under the microscope. We'll start with the hot-button guy. Tremaine Edmonds, 2018 first-round pick, number 16 overall, still only 23 years old. He turns 24 in May, and this season he's playing under his fifth-year option from his rookie deal, and he's getting a fully guaranteed $12.7 million. Now, when it comes to the Bills being on the hook for that $12.7 million, they are fully on the hook unless... He's traded before June 1st. 
then the team he's traded to would assume that entire $12.7 million, and the Bills would free up $12.7 million. So if you want to get big-time galaxy-brained, speculate on the trade possibilities that exist with Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's at least worth mentioning in my mind. In 2021, Tremaine Edmonds played in 15 games with 15 starts and was on the field for 96% of the Bills' defensive snaps. Collected 108 tackles, seven tackles for loss, no sacks, four pass breakups, one interception, and a 7.5% missed tackle rate, which is the best of his career. If I'm not mistaken, he had been above 13% in his previous three seasons. And so he cut his missed tackle rate in half in 2021, which is great news because if you've been listening to this podcast, you know how much I've talked about two things with this football team. One is yards after catch on offense, and the other is missed tackles. And the Bills have been a very poor tackling defense pretty much every season under Sean McDermott, but this was actually one of their better seasons in terms of missed tackles. And I think Tremaine Edmonds taking a big step in that area is a major contributing factor to the Bills statistically being a much better tackling defense this year than they have in the past. Now, still not good enough, but certainly better than it has been. So as for my 2021 review on Tremaine Edmonds, I'll admit it's a bit complicated. I mean, Tremaine, he means a lot to this defense. There's no doubt about it. And I understand that his play is uneven. And some of those missed plays really stand out. But there's a lot on his plate in terms of real estate he's responsible for against the run and the pass and in terms of getting everyone lined up. We've heard other players talk about this. We've heard the coaches talk about this. I understand that Tremaine Edmonds isn't one of the best linebackers in the NFL. But I think we have to be careful to not diminish what he does bring to the table simply because he isn't as good as Darius Leonard or Fred Warner. Now, I understand that that complicates this discussion, especially around his extension, if he gets an extension. But I don't think we should be concerned about him getting a deal like Darius Leonard or Fred Warner. And I feel like that's the root of a lot of people's concerns as it relates to Tremaine Edmonds continuing in this role beyond this year. There's some type of belief out there that Tremaine Edmonds is a 20-plus million dollar per year linebacker. And I don't think he is. I don't think he's on the same level as a Leonard or a Fred Warner who got those types of deals. I think he's a lot closer to a Matt Milano deal in terms of value. And to me, that's a lot more digestible at that 11, 12, 13 million dollars per year range than 20 or more, right? This isn't this isn't a CJ Mosley situation in my mind. So it's complicated, but I think we have to like reel ourselves in just a little bit when it comes to the value of the contract. Because I feel like that's where a lot of discrepancy comes. And maybe you simply just want more, right? You want to you want more consistent play out of the Bills middle linebacker, and you don't feel like Tremaine Edmonds is getting that. 
I understand that. I understand that argument as well. So I'll, I'll kind of comment a little bit more on that here in the 2022 outlook, where the first thing I have written down is I'd like to see him take another step. And if he does, then the extension gets bigger. So there's your argument for getting the extension done now. He's entering his age 24 season, and you look, he's a young player still. I know it feels like he's been around for a while, but he's still extremely young. He's got four seasons of starting experience under his belt, and he's been a starting middle linebacker for one of the best defenses in the NFL in pretty much all of those seasons. So I do think that there's plenty of reason to believe that his best football is still ahead of him. I want to see him improve. I, w- I want to see it happen, right? He's young. He's experienced. He's insanely physically gifted. He's a hard worker. He's respected by his coaches and teammates. Now it's time for more consistency on the field when it relates to Tremaine Edmonds. Let's move on to Matt Milano, a 2017 fifth-round pick, number 163 overall, 27 years old. He turns 28 in July. He's entering year two of his four-year, $41.5 million contract extension. In 2021, he played in 16 games with 16 starts. He was on the field for 92% of the defensive snaps and For as much as we have talked about Matt Milano and injuries, he's played 90% or more of the defensive snaps for the Bills in three of the last four seasons. I mean, he's pretty much been on the field and available for this team. He collected 86 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, three sacks, five pass breakups, surprisingly no interceptions, and a missed tackle rate of 12.7%. You'd like to see that come down about 5%. So for my 2021 review, the first thing I have written down is that he played extremely well. He creates big plays. He's terrific in coverage. And I want to expand on that right there, coverage, because last season I answered a lot of questions about the Bills and their struggles in 2020 defending tight ends. And I stressed over and over again that it's simple. It's a very simple explanation. Matt Milano wasn't healthy in 2020. And the numbers speak for themselves when it comes to the Bills' defense and defending tight ends with and without a healthy Matt Milano. Let's dive into those numbers over the last four seasons. In 2021, this year, that just happened, The Bills gave up 54 catches for 629 yards to tight ends. That's the second fewest amount of catches and the second fewest amount of yards among any team in the NFL when it comes to defending tight ends. All right, healthy Matt Milano. 2020, when Matt Milano wasn't healthy, the Bills gave up 92 catches and 993 yards to tight ends. That's second most in terms of catches second most in terms of yards. Matt Milano was injured. Okay, cool. Well, he was a starter before that, so how did the Bills fare defending tight ends before 2020? Well, they were outstanding. In 2019, 59 catches, 557 yards to tight ends. That's the third fewest catches, second fewest yards. And in 2018, 
when Matt Milano was healthy, 49 catches, 512 yards. That's the second fewest catches and the fewest yards. The Bills are one of the best defenses in the NFL defending tight ends when Matt Milano is healthy. And obviously, they're not very good when he's not healthy. So I know that's a lot of information to say Matt Milano is really good in coverage, but I think it paints a pretty clear picture about just how much of an impact he has in coverage, in particular defending against tight ends. And so as a matchup linebacker in coverage and a pursuit-style player against the run, and even as an occasional blitzer, Matt Milano is an, is an outstanding football player. So as for my 2022 outlook, I've got written down more of the same. More of the same for Matt Milano. Maybe a few less missed tackles, but stay healthy and continue earning that contract as Tremaine Edmonds running mate on the second level. This is the time of year where I've pretty much usually given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I enjoy eating them. Maybe you haven't tried them yet, but you got to try them, especially the, the puffs. These things are delicious. If you haven't had the the puffs, you're missing out on one of the best tasting built bars on the menu. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate because all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they're healthy for you. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there are so many delicious flavors. They have the mint brownie, the coconut, the coconut almond, the raspberry. And new for this month is the white chocolate cookies and cream. And all these flavors are delicious, and they have new flavors coming out all the time. And at Built Bar, it's all about the taste. They make it taste great first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Got a deal for you? Go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's move on to AJ Klein, a 2020 free agent signing. He's 30 years old. He turns 31 in July. He's entering the final year of his three year, $18 million deal. And here's the thing about his contract status. The Bills can release AJ Klein and free up just under $5 million in cap space. So that'll be pretty tempting. In 2021, he played in 15 games with four starts, was on the field for 29% of the defensive snaps, 43% of the special team snaps, collected 35 tackles, four tackles for loss, no sacks, four pass breakups, one interception, and a missed tackle rate of 20.4%. So as for his 2021 review, I have written down that he provided reasonable depth. Was able to fill in when Tremaine missed a few games, when Matt Milano had to miss a little bit of time. He brought additional value on special teams. And there were some instances where the Bills 
played some base defense and he was able to step in and be that third linebacker. We know that the Bills are a base nickel defense, but when they wanted to go with three linebackers against New England in both games and a few times earlier in the season, they were able to bring A.J. Klein on the field as that strong side linebacker. So as for my 2020 outlook, I mean, he can't be back on his current deal. You can't pass on the opportunity to clear up that $5 million in cap space. So if a pay, uh, if a pay cut can be agreed to, then I think he's a reasonable guy to bring back. But at this point, you can find what he brings to the table at a much better value. And I think that's how the Bills have to be thinking about when it comes to A.J. Klein and this roster. Let's move on to Tyler Medikavich, a 2020 free agent signing. He's 29 years old. He turns 30 in December, and he's entering year two of his two-year $7.2 million contract. Actually, that was an extension that he signed. If he were to be released, the Bills would accumulate $750,000 in dead cap space and create $2.5 million in cap space. So another linebacker here that there's some good incentives to move on from. In 2021, he played in 17 games with no starts was on the field for 4% of the defensive snaps and 80% of the special team snaps. If it wasn't a field goal block, pretty much Tyler Medikevich was on the field, and he was second on the team in special teams tackles behind Saran Neal and just above Taiwan Jones. In 2021, as far as his review goes, I mean, he continues to be an impact special teamer for the Bills. He was a team captain this year. And I think we can all agree that we love what he brings to the team as a four-phase special teams contributor. But as for his 2022 outlook, it's fair to ask, is he back? Can the Bills pass on the cap savings that come with releasing him and try to find his impact through a different player? Will Medikavich come back for less money? I mean, I'd hate to see him go. I love having him on the roster. And like I said, I I, I mean, his special teams value is outstanding, but it may be tough for the Bills to not take advantage of the cap savings that come from moving on from him. And the next three players that I'm about to talk about, to me, really complicates the situation with Tyler Medikevich and actually to me, gives the Bills a lot of motivation to move on from Tyler and kind of believe in some of these other guys on the roster. So let's dig into them. We'll next go to Tyrell Dotson, a 2019 undrafted free agent, 23 years old. He turns 24 in June, and he just signed his one-year deal as an exclusive rights free agent. So it was very unlikely that he would go elsewhere, and obviously now he is officially back in the mix for the 2022 season. In 2021, he played in 16 games with no starts, and he was on the field for 8% of the defensive snaps and 67% of the special team snaps. In 2021, as far as his review goes, I mean, he continued to serve as developing depth and as a four-phase special teams contributor. We haven't seen Dodson play much on defense, but he's also been around for a little bit now, right? It's been a UDFA that the Bills kind of stuck through 
or stuck with through some some challenging times earlier in his career. And then he's been around. He's kind of like the Ike Bakker of linebackers for this team. So for 2022 in his outlook, he's back. And I think he'll have a role on special teams and potentially as the linebacker three, linebacker four. He's a guy I'm going to be dialed into this preseason. And I think it's fair to have a conversation about him being in contention for the LB3 spot and take over for AJ Klein. I think he's a guy that you have to look at through that lens. I don't think you're going to bring back AJ Klein and miss out on the opportunity to clear 5 million in space. And so now you need to figure out who your third linebacker is when number one, you need someone to fill in for Edmonds or Milano, but number two, when you want to go with three linebacker sets. I mean, Tyrell Dotson as a guy who's been on this team since 2019 has to be in that conversation. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. And they even have those Vegas casino games. So a ton of great stuff that you can wager on over at BetOnline.net. So head to the website today or even use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, the next guy to get to is Andre Smith, a 2020 acquisition through a trade with the Carolina Panthers. 24 years old, he turns 25 in April, and he's entering year two of his two-year $2.4 million deal. The Bills could also release Andre Smith and free up $1 million in cap space by cutting him. In 2021, he played in 15 games, no starts, was not on the field for any defensive snaps, and was on the field for 68% of the special team snaps. So in 2021, as far as his review goes, I have written down first that he was a quality four-phase special teamer. And I think it's pretty clear that the, the Bills see something in Andre Smith. They traded for him. They gave him a multi-year extension, and he's only entering his age 25 season, and he's been in the league for four seasons already. So there's something intriguing about him and the time on task that he's been able to gain and the special teams experience that he's been able to gain to this point. So first of all, when it comes to his 2022 outlook, you got to ask the question, will he be back? Because the Bills can't free up $1 million in cap space by cutting it. If he is back, to me, it's the same story that I just talked about with Tyrell Dotson. I mean, I'm looking for him to be a four-phase special teams contributor, but also be in contention for the LB3 spot if A.J. Klein is gone. I mean, to me, he's got that type of makeup to fill in. I mean, he's a big linebacker that can play on the strong side and obviously has proven himself on special teams already. So another depth piece for the Bills that, you know, really kind of 
makes it logical to move on from A.J. Klein. And there's still another player to talk about that intrigues me just like Tyrell Dotson and Andre Smith. And that's Joe Giles Harris, a 2021 free agent signing, 24 years old. He turns 25 in April. In 2021, he played in two games for the Bills. No starts, obviously no defensive snaps, but he was on the field for 72% of the special team snaps in the two games that he was active. And here's a fun fact about that. He had two, two special teams tackles in 20 snaps covering kicks and punts, which are the exact same amount that Tyrell Dotson had in 200 and 11 snaps covering kicks and punts, and double what Reggie Gilliam had in 158 snaps covering kicks and punts. Thought that was pretty interesting. That's quite a bit of impact there in a limited amount of snaps, especially when you compare it to what Dodson and Gilliam were able to contribute. As far as his 2021 review goes, I've written down that I am a Joe Giles Harris fan. I loved watching him play at Duke, and I think this team likes him. I mean, he was a practice squad guy that got called up a few times, and you've heard some positive remarks from Sean McDermott about Joe Giles Harris. So as for his 2022 outlook, I am definitely intrigued. I think he's in the same conversation that we just had about Tyrell Dotson and Andre Smith. About to turn 25 years old has three years of experience in the NFL under his belt. And I think he has a chance to make this roster in 2022 and be a four-phase special teams contributor and in contention for being that LB3. So when you look at this position group as a whole entering the offseason, let's first identify what they have. They have a rock-solid weak side linebacker in Matt Milano, a complicated situation, but a player you can win with in Tremaine Edmonds That means a lot to the defense, even if his play is uneven on the field. You have A.J. Klein, who is a good depth player, but there's no way he can be back at his current cap figure for the Bills to pass on the opportunity to free up almost $5 million. You have four, (laughs) count them, four special teams slash depth pieces in Tyler Medikavich, Tyrell Dotson, Andre Smith, and Joe Giles-Harris. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Tyler Medikavich is clearly the best special teamer out of those out of those four players. He's one of the best special teams players in the league. But with Dotson, Smith, and Giles Harris, those are all four-phase special teams guys, but they're in that conversation to be LB3. We're not even thinking about Tyler Medikavich as LB3. And to me, that's something that you have to keep in mind here as you sort out this linebacker depth. Medikavich, clearly the best special teams player, but the other three are good special teams players that you actually feel like could reasonably, could reasonably be the LB3 for this defense. So a complicated situation. Now, technically, this group, literally everyone is under contract for next season. But whether it's the cap savings that can be had by moving on from Medikavich, Klein, and or Smith, and the possibility of a Tremaine Edmonds extension, it's not a straightforward conversation with this group. And so Brandon Bean definitely has some things to sort out here 
And um, the good news is he could basically run it back. You could basically just move on from A.J. Klein and have your linebacker room still in you know, in the mix like the, the way you want it. You don't really have to do anything. Would it be so bad if the Bills linebacker room next year was Edmonds, Milano, Medikavich, Giles Harris, Dotson, and Smith? That's six linebackers. You only play two on defense, occasionally a third. I mean, how many special teams only linebackers do you need? <clears throat> so it's it's a complicated situation a little bit here, but at the same time, the Bills could really just remain status quo with this group minus A.J. Klein with the hope that one of these players that have been waiting in the wings can step up and reasonably give you what A.J. Klein gave you, perhaps even at a higher level. So the Bills are in good shape when it comes to linebacker. I would say it's a very low need, certainly the lowest of any position group that we've talked about to this point. And obviously they could release a bunch of players here. It changed that, but even if they release one or two, I still think they're in pretty good shape with this unit and don't really have to be thinking about a premium investment in free agency or a high draft pick on this position group. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Tomorrow is herd mentality. And then we are going to close out the performance review series later in the week with the cornerbacks and the safeties. And then Friday, we've got Bruce Nolan on the podcast to tie a ribbon on the defensive discussion, just like we did with Nate Geary. When we wrapped up the offensive side of things, we're going to do the same with Bruce Nolan on Friday when it comes to the defensive side of things. So a great week ahead of, uh, ahead of, of us on the podcast. So make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, share the podcast. If you're on YouTube, Make sure you're subscribed and comment, like the video. All that fun stuff is so helpful as we try to grow this channel and obviously grow this Locked On Bills podcast in general and you know, certainly want to reach a lot of people and continue to have great conversations about the Buffalo Bills, the team that we all love. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.